The duty of care to players is a fundamental responsibility of the AFL Commission and all AFL clubs. Given the level of public interest in this matter, we have also released the details of the charges against Essendon this afternoon. This is consistent with the view that I have expressed in recent weeks that the charges should be released given the amount of information and speculation which has been in the public domain for the past six months. Now, I'm making these comments today because, as CEO of the AFL, I've decided that for the sake of everyone involved in the game, supporters, players, clubs and our other key partners, that there must be transparency and clarity around this issue given the widespread speculation since the charges were announced on August 13. All parties were advised at, the time of our, at, at that time of our intention to release the detail of the charges. We do not consider the statement of ground supporting the charge is justified by the evidence gathered during the investigation. The club had sought to prevent these charges being released for one very good reason. We believe a number of the allegations to be outrageous, without foundation or substantiation. Specifically, the assertion that players were administered prohibitive substances. This is severely damaging to our reputations and to those of the individuals charged. Since receiving these charges a little over a week ago, I have personally been in constant dialogue with the AFL in which both parties have attempted to have the charges reworded to better reflect the actual events and evidence that was collated and reach common ground in relation to possible sanctions should the club plead guilty to any of the charges. A cursory comparison of this document against the release, uh, that released by the AFL today underscores my contention that the original charges were designed to do little more than score media headlines and ultimately intimidate us. This belligerent attitude has carried through to discussions on potential sanctions. The AFL is determined to punish Essendon and the Essendon Football Club and the four individuals involved as though we were drug cheats. As chairman of this football club, and with the unanimous backing of the Essendon board. And based on the evidence, I cannot and will not accept that, like all football followers and football fans, I cannot accept that, that point of view. And we want this matter resolved as soon as possible. The AFL today continues its trial by media of me. Further, the release by the AFL of a letter by Dr Bruce Reid to me that formed part of the confidential ASADA investigation is in breach of due process. The letter, released in isolation, is designed to damage my reputation. These charges are denied and will be vigorously contested once the AFL actually provides due process. The announcement by Ambush confirms the AFL is running an agenda which continues to call into question its impartiality. My position is the same today as it was yesterday and in previous weeks. That is, I will contest these charges. Mr Dimitriou and the AFL should recuse themselves from any hearing of this case because of the conflict of interest that has been created by the AFL's involvement in the process.
and there should be a public hearing conducted transparently by an independent arbiter. It is critical to note that the ASADA report is interim, that no player infractions have been issued, and the AFL and ASADA may be in breach of the law with the use of the interim report as the basis for the charges that have been laid. But it's my job, as the head of the Players Association, to demand a safe workplace for our players. Our association has no tolerance for conduct which compromises the duty of care to our players. The issues raised by Dr Bruce Reid in January 2012 go to the heart of many of our concerns as the Players Association. The injecting of players in the absence of medical supervision. Administering drugs to players without prescription or approval from the club doctor. The use of drugs which are not approved for human use and substances which are specifically designed for treating ailments not, rel not related to athletic performance. Let alone the evolution of a culture of supplement taking where an experienced club doctor feels he is letting the club down by not automatically approving these things. These are all things that I never expected to see in our sport. It is shocking to see that the concerns of health professionals can be ignored in a club that seemed intent on pushing the boundaries regardless of their potential impact. My overwhelming reaction to this is simple. This must never happen again. So it's been a very big day for football guys and uh, many big announcements today. How did we uh, feel about that? And I know Jamie's got a lot to say, so I'm going to come back to you, but perhaps uh, ODN and Messenger and Chief will give us a more reasoned um, perspective. ODN? Um, perhaps. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely massive. Uh, what a huge day. Um, it's, uh, the scandal's getting even It's even bigger than quoting your own tweets as a source, hypothetically. Um, I, look, the AFL offered up an amended charge sheet um, during the week, and what we, saw, what we saw today from the AFL was the original charge sheet, apparently. Um, but it seems they offered up the amended one to get a bit of cooperation, and the response was Dr. Garnham coming out, trying to throw the AFL under a bus re-AOD re again. And uh, the AFL's response was swift and brutal. And um, I, I don't know, it just felt like Essendon could have walked away with an official, with an official concession that they didn't set out to breach the code and maybe protected their, their reputations. But, gee, I don't know what's going to happen from here. Okay. I, I, my view on this is that we've heard a lot of talk leading up to this about brokered settlements and deals being handed out. I think there's going to be the expectations on the AFL are going to be much higher in terms of this charge sheet now. I think they're going to have to take the long handle to them now. I don't think they have a choice. I don't think coming out and saying, oh, you're suspended for six months and here's a couple of years of draft picks is going to cut it. I think they're going to have to have heads on stakes for this. And I think some of the other clubs will, will expect it. Uh, Chief, what are, you, what are your thoughts before I go to prosecutor? Um, I think, it, uh, I mean, and I, I, I don't know that. Um... Lance Uppercut will hate me for repeating the text message that we exchanged earlier in the day. Um, but uh, let me go back through it. <laughs> he, 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 he was horrified. How are you, 
<laughs> name dropping. His, 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 uh, his, and I know his phone number. His uh, message to me was, what is I'm it? burying my... <laughs> three. I'm burying myself <laughs> in work. It's a nightmare. I was reading it in slack-jawed shock. Um, and I think that pretty much sums up a lot of people's um, response today. And, and even in, on the boards, a lot of people, um, MXF and a few other yeah. people who are rabidly supporting Essendon and refuse to believe anything else, have just resigned themselves to that the fact that they are screwed. Mexit was the big one for me. I noticed him posting today, and I didn't. I never thought I'd see that. No, yeah, he, he was. I felt quite. I mean, I, I felt sorry for him, and I mean, you know, sort of feel sorry for them. But you think, well, finally, okay, here's a bit of reality, and but you don't want them to say stuff this. I'm not following the club. Really, what you're waiting for from a lot of the Essendon supporters is to say, I'm sticking with my club. Yes, but let's just get rid of the people who are involved here, separate them from the club and, you know, let the club carry on um, rather than just chucking the whole thing in. No one wants to see the whole thing chucked in. They want to see these people removed from the league because it's it's like um, like cutting a cancer out, really, to get, you know, hyper, hyperbole, um, to get hyperbole. Um, because you know this sort of thing if it's not stamped on it can spread and other people like evil little grubs can see that they've got an opening and they've got a way to um, get around the rules and that sort of thing this is where you know leagues start to to rot yeah Hmm. right I I am going to get to you in a second Jamie I promise but uh, prosecutor you're (laughs) the uh, you're the Essendon guy on this panel um, the defence goes first. How, how are you seeing... Like, how are you guys... Well, how would you sum up your feelings today, having seen all the charges, heard all the press conferences? Well, I described to a lot of you before that I was sleeping during the actual press conferences and I woke up and it was like the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Homer walks out of the bomb shelter and uh, a nuclear weapon's just been dropped on the town. It was just uh, catastrophic, really. It was all our chaos so naturally enough you know you have a read through the charge sheet and it is very detailed and it does contain a lot of stuff that as an essence supporter just leaves you sick in the stomach thinking well obviously how could this happen and i mean what is going to happen from here and i think there is a feeling of resignation from a lot of eston supporters because it is a very serious issue and the more that essendon pokes the bear the it's going to get pissed off when it's going to attack back. And I think that's the perfect example of what we've actually seen today. Well, the poking the bear thing is from all the mel- melanotan and, and just wandering through the forests of Arizona, I think. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if you've read the side effects of melanotan, that's, you will uh, understand that joke. I know you've been preparing uh, think, for... Sorry, Messenger? The, the melanotan's the libido slash tanning drug, isn't it, Chief? Yes, it does lead to um, the can can lead to nausea and a high libido. So you 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 want to have lots of sex, but it makes you sick. Aren't you sick at the moment, Chief? You've been and, unwell and for and a week. Yes. And, oh. Yes. <laughs> and, and, how's, how's it, and you've got a tan. And you've got a tan. <laughs> <laughs> the real Shouldn't drug scandal was revealed in Canada. 
we right. discussed that, but this part of the this part of the podcast will be later redacted. He's 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 been waiting. Uh, he's been waiting patiently while we've uh, pretty much led him, teased him a little bit. But uh, Jamie, you've got some thoughts. Uh, for me, today was football's 9-11, when the twin towers of trust and integrity in the game were shattered by the 747s of Essendon hubris and deceit. Jesus um, Christ. There, there, there was nothing new from, for anyone who's followed this in the report. Oh, it had all been in the media. In all seriousness, there was nothing in there, really. There were some details we didn't know, but the guts of it had been drip-fed out by the AFL and ASADA in an effort to get Essendon to come to the table. I don't think there's any dispute in that. We, we'd read it all. We, we, you can go through the, you know, here it is, I'll, I'll ruffle it around it again. The vast majority of this stuff, we knew. It was seeing it all compiled into one report with a big formal stamp and a press conference and so on that made it like, woo, here it is. Essendon only have themselves to blame for ending up in this position. For A, starting the program, and B, all the other stuff that went on. The AFL has given them so many get-out chances. Heard in particular so many times. They've said, here, just come with us. Come with us. We'll get you out of this. We'll get you out of this. James Heard only wanted to win a premiership. I mean, I've got my opinions on James Heard that I won't voice here. He wanted to win a premiership at the end of the day, which is why he went down this path which has led him to where he is. And that's what you want from a coach. So fair enough for James Heard there. Um, I think a lot of journalists have had their good name very badly slandered by Essendon people. Um, I think we're into delusional territory with a lot of Essendon supporters now. Some, yep, uh, are accepting that this is really bad, but there's... There's talk of forming breakaway leagues and taking on the AFL and we're richer than them, we can bankrupt them. Essendon are in the worst position any football club's been in since Fitzroy, who we discussed in the earlier podcast. Do not get me wrong here. I'm a North Melbourne supporter. We took on the AFL and that was terrifying. In 2007, when we did it over the Gold Coast, it was genuinely terrifying. We thought we might not have a football club as a result of what we did. Turns out the fight that we picked, the AFL weren't really up for the fight. Essendon have picked the mother of all fights here. They've picked it on a personal level with Dimitri. They've picked it with the rest of the competition by blaming other clubs. Essendon have backed themselves into a hideous, hideous corner. And I just do not see any way out. And for the first time, it was suggested to me by the old credible Thorthers that um, deregistering Essendon for a year or two is now on the table. And I'd never heard that before. All the other stuff about draft picks and Heard has to go for a year or two, all that I'd heard before. But now it's being said that the AFL are weighing up. What's the cost of the competition between... All right, so what, we lose one eighteenth or one ninth of the TV rights money? Is that worth having the rest of the cost by having them around? It's a it's a horrendous situation for the game, and it's one Essendon created. They've okay. created it, and they've made it worse and worse and worse. Okay, take a deep breath for a minute, and let's get some, uh, some input from these other guys so it's not just the Jamie Johnson hour. <laughs> Prosecutor, have <laughs> you got some... Jamie Johnson hour, this is getting good. Prosecutor, you got some thoughts? Um, well, I guess I guess we'll get the um, 
I guess we'll call it the elephant in the room, but we'll talk about Paul Little, I guess. And um, the, I do have concerns with the way he has gone about it. And um, particularly of concern is his insistence nearly to take on City Hall. Now, I'm, as Jamie said, you know, it's all well and good to take on City Hall if you've picked your fight. However, it just seems like the Essendon really just have gone hell for leather and they haven't picked their fight. They've picked the worst possible opportunity. I think David Evans was on the correct path when he was trying to negotiate a um, settlement, which, you know, was pretty much all behind doors and all that sort of stuff and you get some closure from it. But for now, we've got this mess and the consequences for it are really high and I don't know about if Essendon and the AFL had paid any attention during the Cold War, but... You know, generally, if you if you're dropping nukes on each other, it doesn't end well for either party. Okay. Mm. Just um before we move Is on, anyone else here? Yeah, no, I'm I'm yeah. here. I'm, I'm listening. I'm trying to stay quiet so we keep the signal. Just just before we move on, mm. James Heard is being uh, proclaimed in both the Age and the Herald Sun as launching Supreme Court action. Heard uh, wants to bankrupt his family as well as his football club. Good on him. Uh, the Herald Sun says the Essendon coaches' lawyers will act on Thursday morning in a dramatic escalation of the Graham's greatest crisis. Uh, we will be instituting procedures, uh, Herd's lawyer Stephen Amendola told the Herald Sun. So, and the, so same, the, uh, the same stories in the age. So there's reports too that the players have uh, finally been um, absolutely terrified by all these charges and uh, I think they're reporting on Football Classified that some of them are looking to uh, jump ship that was reported. I just wish that I had finished. I just wish that I had finished that law degree. I would just be. Uh, <laughs> you would have been a made man. I would have been. I would have. Yeah. I want a call for a bad court thingy. I, I, I would be living in a gold house. That's right. So. Uh, that's Essendon's problem, though, is the players because they've now and their families have started to leak and that wasn't happening all year and the players were playing for the jumper and hurdy and the players the players don't believe it anymore you, you could see that on field on the weekend the players aren't buying into it anymore uh watson tried to g him up at halftime none of them bought it goddard did the same the players have got that they've got their girlfriends in their ear i got pregnant last year what kind of demon baby have i got inside me um they're not, <laughs> well, he's got north support in there. they're not buying it anymore and that's that where the like george bush <laughs> I, I thought you were saying the players were literally starting to leak like that was one of the side effects i was about to say <laughs> quite possibly <laughs> oh. cross would you would you prefer would you prefer essendon to be Addressing this, addressing the charges and what actually happened, instead of instead of addressing, you know, being ambushed in due process and, and process and stuff like that. Would you prefer to hear more about actually, what, you know, what they're arguing is in terms of the charge? I mean, it's I'm things happy. Bit, uh... I'm happy enough for them. I'm happy enough for the club to come out and address the charges and address if it feels it's done wrong. But if I think they went a bit over the top today, especially with the um, vote of no confidence. I can understand them wanting to get a, you know, an independent, uh, an independent body, like a full independent body. I don't mean the AFL commission. However, I'd say that, um, you know, feel free to come out and make a press conference today. But the next time they talk, would want to be about explaining what has actually happened. 
specifics. Because yeah, yeah. I, I, I will, I'll agree with opposition supporters that the line about we, you know, we'll tell our truth soon and all that sort of stuff. At this point, it is very, very, very thin. Yep. Yep. No, I made that point today in one of the forums. But um, there's... Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Karen? <laughs> That's right. I was, I was going to say something. I had it, and it, and it just went... Um, the, president, the presidents are all meeting tomorrow. Um, they are. Is, is, what's going to happen there? <laughs> well, a, bird, a birdie in the forums trying to tell us that the meeting was actually held tonight and they voted uh, to keep Essendon in the uh, finals. But, um, yeah, nothing was really... Uh, Nothing was really uh, announced. I mean, they, they're telling us that they have to uh, work at uh, next season's fixtures and everything like that. Now, I wouldn't expect too many favours in next year's fixture if I was Essendon. Um, not now. Pross? Not when you've got to give Sydney um, such a dream run. Uh, well, there's that too. But apart from that, uh, we'll keep probably we'll probably still keep Anzac Day and we'll probably still keep dream time. But apart from that, you know, I wouldn't be expecting... I, I can, oh, honestly, I guess, I guess the question, I guess the question becomes: Do they try to hit us from an economic standpoint, or do they try to hurt us on field with a really, you know, drawing Geelong, Hawthorne, Sydney, Fremantle, all twice? I, I think you're going to get whacked with everything they can do. It was said to me by someone that and the worked in football, that kind of shit. Um, but if you wanted to hurt Essendon, the best way you hurt a footy club is by giving them 75% of the salary cap for the next four years. Yeah. Now, the AFLPA would never wear that. No. I might have mentioned this before, but that's how you'd hurt a footy club in terms of penalties. So everything else is, they'll be able to get over it apart from draft picks. You can even draft well around that, but hit them on the salary cap. That's how you really want to hurt them. Yeah, but um, the thing is, um, we had the discussion the other week about whether Essendon could take... Um, the AFL to court over it, and if they rest- if they brought the salary cap down to Western Oh, yeah, stuff, the AFL sure as hell, that's when either. they do have a case. Yeah, no, there's so no, that will never happen. They have, have to remove them from free agency if they remove them from the draft. You will see that if they poses. remove them for the draft now, you get into so many, yeah, rookie drafts, free agency. There, there's so much into it. Mm. There's a, there's quite a few. Uh bits and pieces that have to be taken into account when you start taking away draft picks. I, I don't think the AFL will let them play Anzac Day next year. I don't see it. I don't see the AFL allowing Essendon to uh, stand up on the marquee day of the AFL. Um, the biggest day the AFL has outside of the final series. I just don't see the AFL allowing that next year. Why did Grandad die at Gallipoli so the drug cheats could play? Nah, can't see it happening. <laughs> I, I, well, they they see them playing on... Sundays for a long time. You yeah, know? they're going to get Sunday afternoon twilight slots, and it's going to be awful. <laughs> are, they, are they playing for points in 2014? That would be well. That's that's the other thing as well. And if they're not playing for points, then there's no point in playing. Are they playing in 2014? Would be another question. I, I think I they'll do. play. No, I think I, that's I, seriously I, on the table. I think the AFL. Oh, I, I doubt very much that that's on the table at all. I think the AFL, yeah, at I think most... Yeah, Essendon will play next year. Whether at most, the points, AFL... I think they will as well, but I reckon it's on the table. I think they will, but I reckon it's now on the table. At most, I think the AFL will do a Melbourne Storm and make them play for no points. But that's the that's the extreme end of this. 
it'll be interesting to see what happens with that for because for all the hashtag standby herd and so on they got 35,000 to the game on Saturday night against us North Melbourne got more against against Essendon at our home game the crowds are dropping off they've got record membership this year but that was all boosted up in the start of the year when the whole thing had some ebullience about it um, if they're not playing for points next year, I think they'll take a really big financial hit. Uh, they're going to take a big financial hit just playing for the lawyers and the PR people. Essendon are going to pay a really, really big financial price off this, even as it stands before penalties, I think. And the penalties will only be a multiplier effect. And we'll find out how rich they are. We really will find out how rich they are in the next year or two. Yep. With the... Federal government be uh, funding the f- helping to contribute to the flight pa- plan. They already have, I they believe, did, yeah, and I'd that's... be interested to see if they do further if they were convicted of drug cheating offences. They tipped six well, million into Tullamarine. Yeah, and Jake they've Norris already reported. Tipped yeah, it's already done. Yeah, we just so Jake this Norris reported ago. today that Essendon have rejected rejected an offer to lose first and second round draft picks in, yeah. in 2013 and 14 and a 12-month suspension for Heard. That would, they would probably think of that as the good old days now, wouldn't they? Three times he was oh, given that's... that offer. Three times they took it to him and someone very senior at the club took it to him and said, James, you've got to take it, and he refused. That, and I don't want to draw biblical allusions into this. But three times he was given that offer, and he's on his own now, I think. It is absolutely telling for me that they had separate press conferences for Paul Little and James Hurd today. There, This is not... like Essendon isn't unified here. There is no nah. way they're unified and having separate press conferences. There's two separate ideas going. Hurd is the one doing all his announcements. Little is doing the stuff like, like the legitimate club stuff, but Hurd's the one that's going to court. He's the first off the first cab off the rank today. He was first cab off the rank a couple of days ago. Herd's making the threats. And I, I, it was very telling. I mean, everyone mentioned it. Herd's press conferences. They're they're after me. This is an ambush on me. This is about me. Um, and I think going forward, he's he's making it about him, and it's he's he's well, leading the charge fairness- for him. Well, in fairness to him, though, if if it's being offered that, oh, well, if you if you take a twelve month suspension, you know, we'll let the club off. That is about him, then. Yeah, no, they're, they're very also much offering is. two years of draft picks, massive fines. It was was never just about Herd. Herd's made it about himself because. Oh no, it's definitely not all about her. But I mean, it it comes back to the you know, as in the points and other personnel as well. The fact is that the AFL have wanted Herd's um, head on the stake. As opposed to, you know, anyone equally and just justice for everyone. You yeah, know, you're they've been about very much happy well, that, to take That's not true because they also they've also charged Reed Thompson and Corcoran. They all face yeah, the same they have, charges. Yeah, they have as done that, but but it's been reported that um, heard yeah um, yeah heard was offered the ultimatum as that yeah. uh these other three head coach yeah, yeah but heard put <laughs> himself up there at the very start of this he put himself up there no one else he put himself up there and said I am responsible for everything. No one else did that. He was the only person to get up and say that, and he's the only person that hasn't taken any responsibility since. Robson yeah, stood well, down. PR, he, he's, Hamilton left he'd be last off year. His PR advisor still for that day. Right, he's the one that's got himself into this mess. He took responsibility. He's the one who's the head coach. He's the one who oversees the staff. I'm sorry. 
Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not denying that you shouldn't be charging all that sort of stuff, but I think it's a bit, um, I think it's a bit rich to say though that a lot of this isn't about him because it has become, oh, no, he's become is, the face of it all, even for opposition supporters. It is about. They him. want to see Hurt go for this. It is about Can him. Can we but talk it, a second? Yeah. About the, I won't say anything on the matter to redact myself. I'll just raise the issue because <laughs> I'm interested in your view. The personality cult of James Hurt amongst Essendon supporters and how much that has contributed to the current situation. I imagine you can think what my view on this would be. I'm interested in you guys' view. Is there a personality cult around it. her? <laughs> I was about to say, this is deja vu. But anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll address the question anyway. But um, I think, uh, obviously, he's, he's a figure. He's a revered figure around the club and all that sort of stuff. And he is going to be, of, of course, he's going to have more benefit of the doubt than say, an Ian Robson does, or a Stephen Danker, or a Dean Robinson. But, of course, and of course, I'd say he's um, he's obviously going to get a lot more chances to deal with it. Has he had too many chances, and has he been dealt too much of a, um, too much leniency? It's a very real question, but I, I just, yeah, look, I don't think the cult really is as profound as it's believed, but I, I think I, I think from an outside, yeah, sorry, yeah, I think from outside looking in, it really looks like a like what um, Jamie says, a, a, a cult of personality. This stand by herd, yeah, that, not stand by the club, say. stand by herd. It's, well, a, it's not stand yeah, by well, bombers. It's stand on by that herd. point. Can I just I'll address the um, stand by herd thing? That wasn't so much directed towards James Hurd as in Stand By James Hurd. That was more directed at the um at media personalities and all that sort of stuff calling for people's head and just, you know, rubbishing the club without the chance of the club and personnel within it to be able to stand up and fight back for themselves, defend themselves. So that was more a Hurd was the figure used, the figurehead of it, but he wasn't necessarily the it wasn't a campaign to stand by him and make sure he doesn't get sacked no matter what. It was more of a you know stand by him. Well, and, I think it was stand uh, by him as, him as the leader chance. who's going. Give, give to... him, give him his chance. Give him his day. Mm. And I, I said this yesterday in the forums. Everyone gets the right to defend himself. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. You you are entitled to a defence because it's the only way this doesn't go to the Supreme Court, and it's the only way they don't win in the Supreme Court against the AFL, is if they're given the right uh, a fair hearing. That's all that the Supreme Court requires based on precedent. Um, and assuming the Supreme Court follows the precedent of the Victorian Court of Appeal, all the AFL has to do is provide a fair and reasonable hearing. That's it. And I think, I mean, people are sort of talking about it's going to cost this much per day in the Supreme Court and all that sort of thing. I mean, a lot of that, this will just be um, written submissions. Yeah. Um, and the Supreme Court will look at it and send it back. You know, um, there's no sort of... Um, um, yeah, it's not like your um, law and order you know, sort of pacing thing. back and forth in, in, in the court yeah. and, and having it, you know, um, getting Danny Crane there to pull off his last minute trick or anything like that. It's just here's here's what we think. Here's what we think. Submit it. Get a get something back. <clears throat> yeah. Look, I, I don't think there's um, looking at the court case. I mean, I'm not a you know, a, and I've said this in the forums any number of times, but I'm no big city lawyer. But um, I, I've made something of a study of this over, over time, I, not just this case, but in other instances as well. And there is considerable precedent to suggest that the AFL will win this 
if it does get that far. So Tell us about that president. But, um, the Greg Williams case in 1997-98, basically the AFL got taken to court over the tribunal process and basically the court ended up, uh, the Supreme Court initially ruled, Justice Hedigan basically said, look, you didn't give him a fair, like you didn't give him any any avenue of appeal. You just basically said, that here's your sentence, you've got to take it, that's it. And that's how we got the appeals board at the AFL. The AFL still appealed the justice decision to, this, uh, to the Court of Appeal which is a step above the Supreme Court. And two to one, they ruled that the AFL had the right to make its rules and enforce them. Um, as long as players got a fair and honourable hearing. So as long as it was reasonable and honourable, the AFL can pretty much make whatever rules it liked. Now, if you look through other cases from other sporting bodies, they cite the Williams case so regularly, it's not funny. If you do a Google search for it, it's cited in almost every case since. I cannot see the AFL losing if they give them a fair mm. trial. Whatever. I guess so. That if I guess so, that comes down to what Essendon defines as a fair trial. It's not going to come down. It's going to come down to what the court defines yeah. as a fair trial. No, it oh, no, yeah, what, what they define. But I mean, if it's going to go to court, if it goes to court, it will come down to if, as in, if Essendon decide to go to court, it will be because they decide that it, they don't deem it to be a what they define a fair trial. I oh, know, and, and I understand that too, but what I'm saying is precedent suggests that the AFL commission yeah. hearing is going to be enough for the AFL to say, look, it's our rules, it's our game, we're the sporting body that's in charge of it, here's, here's what we decide is the punishment. Has that Williams ruling ever been challenged by any club or individual in the AFL subsequent to it, it being handed down by the Court of Appeal? It has... Dunk, uh, Andrew Dunkley took an injunction in '98 that got uh, was unsuccessful. Andrew Dunkley, he did is it there in somebody's house falling over there. It's fucking messenger's it? chair. That's what it is. It's always messenger's chair. If it's not him sneezing, <laughs> honestly, get him a stool. Gonna... Anyone? Anyway, um, <laughs> Sorry, started yeah, again. No, <laughs> Andrew Dunkley challenged it. I think. Uh, uh, challenged the tribunal, but he lost on appeal. No one has successfully challenged the AFL tribunal. Uh, since '98, they've got and injunctions. And so the idea that they successfully challenged the AFL Commission, which is the governing body of the game, yep. and they've got that precedent there. Yeah, I see where you go. There's there's no successful challenge to the Commission at all. Yeah. And you know we're talking since '93 when it came into being. So, also the the, the call for um, the Commission to set. Uh, to take a step back. That's unprecedented in the AFL as well. The commission, they, they might get Demetrio to take a step back from the hearing. They're not going to get the commission to back off it. Uh, I yeah, I don't think they'll get commission, but I think Andrew Demetrio will be the one they want to step back. I mean, it's fair enough too. You can't, you can't really deny that he doesn't enough? have a conflict of interest. He runs the game. Everything yeah, he does is a conflict of interest. you guys signed up to the rules, and now you don't like him. That's basically... I think that's what the Supreme Court would say as well. If you try and challenge, if Essendon tries to challenge the Commission, they'll say you signed up to these rules, you knew them, and now you don't like them because they're saying you got caught under rules that are set by an outside body, being WADA, which the federal government has ratified. Um, don't see a case. See you later. Don't play in that competition if you don't want to play in it. All right. Um, enough of the court stuff. Um, the actual charges themselves, was there anything uh, you guys saw that would uh, arouse any particular concern that you wanted to comment on? 
Aroused, oh, you think it was? It didn't. <laughs> oh, the melatonin. Oh, whoa. Uh, I raise... he... Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. Yes. Sorry, I just wanted to raise the thing that did catch my um, uh, eye was the uh, listing of Lube All Plus Horse and Dog <laughs> yeah. Supplement. I think that was to go with the mel- mel- Melanotan, too. Melanotan, to give, they're giving them Horse and Dog Supplements. Are we, are we serious? This is meant to be a professional sporting organisation. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. Anything else catch your eye, guys? I thought the, um, the circumstantial evidence for Fimerson was very, very strong. Uh, from what I could tell, Haraxalin, the case against that was more in line with um, the staff using it as opposed to players. Yeah. Um. And apart from that, obviously, there's the, um, the Mexico, the, um, <laughs> yes, the vial of, um, New Mexico. There's a New Mexico. Mexico is all I'm saying. Breaking Bad, they'll get that, but, um, yeah. in any case, uh, yeah, I guess those, um, in particular, this uh, Mexican drug and Fimson are the two big ones from a doping point of view. Because um, those are shows that, that uh, Bruce Reed's letter. Pardon? Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. Oh, and um, with the uh, with Dr. Bruce Reed's letter, I thought that was um, that resonated with a lot of people who highlighted ethical concerns as well. Yep. I was I was surprised that that actually came up because nothing being really made about that being um, found amidst um, it going lost earlier in the year. And, and you yeah. think that would be one of those things that would be leaked, wouldn't you? Like of all the things. Yeah, that were I mean that's just come from nowhere because at the start of it there was this whole debate. I mean even when Ian Robson had his uh, goodbye press conference, he the whereabouts of the letter was still unknown. So it's obviously come to light between there, and they managed to keep it a lid tight, which yeah. is surprising oh, yeah. in itself. But it, it is a big, uh, it think, is a fairly big deal. Yeah, I just, think it was very, 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 very surprising. Sorry for, I, I thought You're... we were winding up. Um, <laughs> I think it was very surprising. There was not a single hint in that whole report of police involvement or any criminal matters. There is nothing in that report that I could see that would ever prejudice a future criminal trial, and I'll leave it at that. Just, um, I'd be actually very interested to see what those blacked out documents were. There's a lot of redactions oh, in there. Clearly, people's personal medical records. They're yeah. clearly the I'd player records so. and so on. That, that's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's breaching any privacy thing to say that, but that's what they clearly were. Well, yeah. Heard obviously Should... believes that the letter being released was a breach of uh, due process. He said. Well, that's heard. James Heard in the courts to sort, sort out. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, Herb was just, um, Herb was claiming amongst other things that um he was he never received the um oh well, chief you know how to pronounce it I don't have it on me the melanoma or whatever the hell it is but um he claims he never got that yeah that's it that's it little bear whatever the hell it is Arizona but um he's yeah he's claiming stuff like that he never got that um and various other things. I'm trying to think what the other one. There's one damning one. I need to get the age up. But in any case, he's denying a lot of this, and I think that goes to the heart of his uh, challenge in the Supreme Court that he's set to um, issue. So I'll be very well, interested it is a big, to see what. He... 
he's, he's I was right. very he interested in the, by the uh, AFL. Okay. Uh, I was so interested by the in AFL. This is only a charge sheet, so it's not like it's yeah. the end of the investigation. This is just the events that are put forward to Essendon, and then from there, obviously, they'll they'll refute what they want to refute. Okay, ODN's been trying to say something for like ten minutes. ODN, what is <laughs> what's going oh, on? on? What was it again? Uh, no, um, I was just really interested in the uh, in the level. Um, of deceit with uh, Dank and Alavi and the sort of um, trying to backdate a letter and um, you know email it through to them and have it signed and sent back. That sort of that mm-hmm. sort of a cover up that went on. That's 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 damning. I didn't know any of that stuff went on. Um, that's 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 real. I mean, it's damning to Dank, obviously, um, but you know, damning to the whole program, I guess. Uh, that'd be that'd be in more. I'd say that'd be more damning to Dank on a. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's a rogue yeah, personnel that, sort of thing. But it does reflect uh, reflect poorly on this whole thing that you know the things weren't documented well, and these things weren't picked up when they first happened. Dean Wallace Pro- didn't do his job as documenter of the documents. Oh, look, <laughs> and, and, and Dean, Dean Wallace surfaces in this. <laughs> I thought he was banned. Oh, no, this was during the period that he was banned, I think, and he was a was he an administrator at that point or? I've when got this vision of Dean Wallace sitting at his desk while Hurdy and Danky and all them are running around. Here. Don't don't look at what document. Oh, that's it, Dino. That's it, mate. Pretend like it's the final minutes of the 99 prelim. Don't look up. Just don't look up. <laughs> and he's sitting at his desk with a finger up his nostril. At the end of the day, Dank, Dank was an SNN employee. I mean, it, 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 what he did might not reflect on on the on the four that are up on charges at the moment, but uh, it still reflects on the charges against Essendon. You, you can't as otherwise just, everybody. Yeah, otherwise, oh, I'm not saying that definitely. He's, yeah. He was employed as Essendon. He was acting on behalf of Essendon, whether they you know instructed him to do that or not. Yeah, and, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and, and and look, this is this is a thing with the wider code. You can't. If you if you allow a rogue operator defence to come in, then everybody's going to do it. They're going to set it up so there's plausible deniability by the main people at any sporting organisation, and and it's just a point of four guy. Um, so that that's why the wider code is specifically worded that you don't you can't offer those sort of defences. I, I think we're probably seeing how much of a sideshow AOD has been as well. When you read the rest of them, and some of the drugs they're talking about, hexalurin. Uh, they're talking about uh, a couple of the other ones there as well. They're two-year bans. They're S2. They're two-year bans if they're caught. Well, I don't think there's going to be a problem. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a problem with Heraxolin. I, you know, there might be, but based off what I've seen, there really isn't much, especially when you compare that to the um, evidence or the circumstantial evidence they have with regards to Farmerson. So I think Farmerson definitely is going to be the big one that's going to be the centre case of this whole infraction notices issuing if that ever ha- does happen. That's what I noticed in the in that um, <laughs> in the, the, in the charges that, that... <laughs> I'll start again. That's what I noticed in the, in the um, charges there, the actual circumstantial evidence and, and the the, the attempts to sort of pass that off as other substances. Oh, it was alpha or it was thymomodulin or it was this. When, you know, the whole chain of events, the circumstantial evidence showed that what else could it be, you know. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> funny. Everyone's uh, having a laugh. I might, might have to edit this little part out here. Hang on, hang on. What, what, uh, I'm reading the footy classified thread. Somebody said something. So, someone, someone, uh, someone else. Somebody, someone, <laughs> people <laughs> offered to trade embarrassing bodies info for footy confidential, football confidential info. <laughs> oh, so they swapping hell. stories. <laughs> <laughs> Consumption is leaking out. Is this being live streamed? <laughs> no, I'm, I nearly did. I nearly did do a live stream of this tonight, but no, I didn't. No, no. Oh. we're just not disciplined enough for that. No, not yet. Look, look, look. This, yeah, this probably isn't the um, episode to have as a um, live stream. Oh, look, okay. look, so, look wait, I wait, can wait, handle wait. the drop. I can handle the drugs and everything, Pross, but these medical experiments you're doing on these guys. <laughs> oh, well, I think we've Jesus just got the Christ. documentary footage on Channel 9, apparently. <laughs> just splice it in. I'm going to have some fun with that. So, d- did you guys have yeah. anything else you wanted to talk about in regards to this? Yeah. I know Jamie's I probably not... I wanted to say one thing. Uh, ja- yeah, well, probably... I wanted to Jeff. say one thing. Um, it really does prove... And I've said it a couple of times. It does prove that no matter how big your organisation is, how old it is, how you know strong it seems, you can have a situation where there are incremental risks introduced over a short period of time that by themselves don't look like they could do do much damage. But you add three or four things together, another bit here, another bit there, a rogue operator and that sort of thing, and you can bring a hundred odd year old organization to its knees you can have you know you can have a, a any organization <laughs> lose everything that it's ever built up in its hundred year history all in the space of a couple of years it's not like soviet uh, union yes. and it's actually will happen to a lot of it, the biggest it, it, organizations they will just yep, die yep. from this exact yeah. sort of thing. i see i see I it every day a, it's, a, it, it's an organization the financial crisis is a fantastic example. Some of these banks that collapsed, especially in the UK, were 500 years old. Royal Bank exactly. of Scotland, HBOS, and they were going along great guns two or three years beforehand, and then exactly as you say, Chief, brought down by institutional governance failures, you know, yeah. governance, and now where are they? They're, they're gone. Yeah. It is it is incremental. You just one staff member loses five percent, five percent integrity. He trains up somebody else or brings some in somebody else who adds his five percent, and before you know it, you you're so far off the beaten path. It's ridiculous, and 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 it can happen so fast, and that's exactly what's gone on here. And it's kind of interesting because no Essendon supporter knew who Stephen Dank was until February fifth. All this time, the there was this man. They knew who the, oh, we knew the weapon was. was. We knew who the weapon was, but um, st- oh yeah, <laughs> there we go. Got our um Luke Darcy um back footage, our uh, file footage and everything up. But um, in any case, but no one, no one from Essendon, as in the supporter base, knew who Dank was, and we've got to this point that we are now, and it's just staggering to think how it's got to this point, especially off just. I don't want to put it all on Dank, but I guess he was the domino that really fall that brought the, everyone else down. I, I do think you raise a good point there, Pross, 
because if you do some Googling on this, like sad, obsessed people may or may not have done, um, there's actually mentions of Dank's name in AFL press involving other clubs, which probably not the best to go into here. But Dank's name does pop up, and certainly in rugby league circles. But I will happily admit that it was only when this Essendon stuff broke at the famous press conference was the first time I'd ever heard Stephen Dank's name. And now he's the biggest name in football. So it is quite strange like that. You know, it is quite strange. I'd still argue that... And, and just on that, I don't think there's any harm in saying that the other club that um, he was associated with was Geelong, and he wasn't employed by them. But I think it was the Geelong Advertiser article that um, that Robinson mentioned that he consulted with Dank while he was with... Every day. While, uh, Robinson was at Geelong. It's an Australian article. He says he consulted Australian. with Rob, uh, Robinson and Dank spoke every day. And Robinson says, Dank is as much part of this premiership as I am. Or words to that effect, I'm happy to correct, but he says yeah. he spoke to him pretty much yeah. every day. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say if Geelong's done anything wrong, but that, that's just highlighting that Dank's been sort of around the scene, except no one's really... Oh, he's worked for multiple footy clubs. He was at in, Gold Coast yeah. as well for a little bit, six weeks yeah, he was like, apparently. Gold Coast? Yeah. Uh, which then is something the AFL raise in the charge document, saying, and they hold this against Essendon, and I think this is an interesting one, they actually raise an HR point. They say that Essendon, it's, it's towards the front, I could probably find it, but they say that Essendon should have done due diligence on Dank, yeah. effectively. Yeah, and they and, said the same thing about Dean Robinson as well. Yeah, and the, the interesting point for me there is... Were um, if the is the AFL point that you should have at least made some calls, and I think that's what they're saying because Essendon made no calls according to this document. They just he's Danky boy, he's the business, he's got the good stuff. Well, they took him, him on. Come. They took him on Robinson's recommendation. That, that's what they're suggesting. The and to well, have made no calls to check anyone out is a lack of governance. Well, they would have found out he got fired from Manly. Yeah, but they may still have hired him. There was nothing really... He wasn't convicted of anything at Manly. He wasn't done for anything, as far as I understand. They could have still hired him, couldn't they? Yeah, and I think that's... Um, I think it's interesting, too, that um, Mark Thompson seems to be... Because his charge was the one that perplex, uh, perplexed me the most. Because he is just an assistant, after all. But, um, well, he's not just an assistant. He's a senior assistant, but for... You know, he's not a senior coach. He's not head of any department. So, and I found it interesting. The two things they tried to pin on Thompson was the fact that he had a meeting with Dank in May 2012, I believe, where he said to shut down any injections. Now, I think it was Mark Robinson who raised the point tonight that what authority did Mark Thompson have over Stephen Dank to tell him to do that? And I guess the other um, the other thing that they really tried to hang on Thompson is the fact that he brought Robin, um, Dean Robinson and then, you know, in um, following on from that, Stephen Dank by association. And they've pretty much done over Thompson Hurd and all that sort of stuff and not doing due diligence in hiring them. I, I, I find that part staggering, to be honest, because, I mean, what what were they going to find out? I mean, Robinson was with, Ge um, was with Geelong during their premiership years. He was credentialed and all that sort of stuff. So it's a bit rich for the AFL to expect. Like, I, know, I understand that they should have made a call or something like that. Dank was but never I still don't. I still don't understand, though, what they would have found in that call that would have said, no, nah, he would have done all this to our club. This begs the question, though, and this is the one Essendon supporters never want to answer. Perhaps Essendon should have done some due diligence on James Hurd and what his plans for Essendon were. 
And if they'd actually maybe asked James in a bit of detail, what are you going to do we do when you come in to make us so awesome? They might have found out a few things that could have prevented all this happening. But I guess we'll never know what he actually said or whatever actually happened. You know, because a supplement, a fitness and supplement program, I mean, for about six to eight years during the 2000s, we were terrible when it came to fourth quarters. You know, we're, we were the North Melbourne of bloody, not as bad You're as still, North Melbourne you, are now. <laughs> still not leads. You haven't but beaten we're, us we're still, in years, mate. You only beat us by a point when you were on drugs because Hamish McIntosh missed. Let's be honest oof. here. You haven't beaten us in years. Settle down. You're crap. Hey, oh, hey, well. yeah, that was no. We did have two thousand and was it two thousand and no, it wasn't two thousand and ten. I think it was might have been two thousand and nine even. Maddie nine. No, I'm going so back to the glory yeah. yeah, but in any case, the thing is that um, I don't think there's any necess- um, necessarily anything wrong with having a supplement program. I just think that obviously it just wasn't well set up enough, and I don't think any sort of due diligence by Essendon when hiring Herb would have revealed that. I think that's very much something that needs to be taken care of as it actually happens, as opposed to sort of beforehand, because it's all well and good to say, oh, well, you know, this is going to be by water. This is going to be done through Bruce Reed and all that sort of stuff. But it's having the structures in place as you go. And I don't think um, when you're hiring her, I don't think that would have really done anything more than this email allegedly would have done. It, it, it was a perfect, perfect storm. They, they just got, much, all, they yeah. got all the individuals. All the individuals together who had some sort of a willingness to go to, to go a certain way towards that line or over that line, um, and um, you know, it's sort of Dank Dank probably has had the will for a long time because he's got the knowledge and he's 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 passionate about all these substances and what he can do with them. Oh um, yeah, he's and, a cowboy. And heard he wanted to get innovative, and um, and that Dank's eyes would have lit up at that prospect. But um, so I, I don't know whether Dank would have found such uh, eagerness um, at any of the other clubs that he'd been to. Um, due diligence would have... Well, I just would say, due diligence would have had them call Gold Coast and ask why he was there for such a mm-hmm. short period of time. Gold Coast would have had them... Uh, due diligence would have had them call Cronulla. But sports medicine is not a big field. They could have mm-hmm. easily called these people. The the the, the grapevine's not very long at all. They could have talked to Cronulla. They could have called and asked Adelaide the club and doctor found... there. I don't. What would Cronulla? This isn't just say a matter that? of this isn't just a matter of, of taking Dean Robinson's word for it at Geelong. Well, let's say, well, why was he there? Why did he leave? I mean, these are standard questions when you're you know vetting somebody for your organisation. What, how I think, I think, um, no, but the thing to remember I think with that these sorts too, of questions was the senior coach there. So he's these sorts of questions, I think, give... Benefits. Sorry, go on. Here you go. <laughs> oh, well, I'll just say that, um, you know, Dean Robinson was working under Mark Thompson at Geelong. So, and I think they left at the same time. Maybe, um, yeah. no, actually, Robinson left beforehand because um, he was with, uh, I'm pretty sure he was with, the Gold Coast during 2010 while Thompson was at Geelong still. So Thompson would have had, you know, Thompson would have been aware why he left Geelong and all that sort of stuff. So I guess um, I can understand the Geelong part. So he's had, and that's a, that is a successful stint. Like, no one can deny that. Of course, they should have made calls and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, Thompson it was as good as anyone to know what uh, Robinson was capable of doing and what his um, credentials sure, were. Sure, but the difference here is not that you're just hiring somebody to do the photocopying. 
what you're doing is you're hiring somebody in a in a highly risky area of your organisation. They're handling the health of your players. And so you do need to go that extra. It's not just a matter of saying, is he a good bloke? Oh, it's good enough for me. It's good enough for Tomo. It's good enough for me. They really do have to examine these things very, very carefully. And, and so it wouldn't have been at all strange, I think, to go back through his CV and talk to his last two or three employers. If you're only at a place for a month, why? Was it a short-term contract? Were you kicked out the door quickly? What were their reservations? Why, was, why didn't he stay on? I mean, if they talked to Cronell, I, I reckon they might have had the answer in 30 seconds. Yeah, I think, I think these sorts of questions are the questions that give power to people um, other than, um, say, the coach or the, or the people who want that person in the club. They, you, you let people start vetting, you let people start questioning, then you start having to explain a bit more closely about what you're doing. Then you start having to um, make a better case for the person that you want to get in. And if you're impatient um, and you think that you've made the right decision, you don't want other people to have power. You don't want other people to have records of calls that you've made and, and issues with previous employers because, I mean, you see in the charge sheet where they... AFL say that um, the I think the dietitian or someone in within the club said, "Hang on, this this substance that you're giving it was one of the lactoase or the vegans or something. This substance, there's no evidence it does anything. It's it's a waste of money and that sort of thing." And then James Heard sent an email or a message saying, "See what we're up against," as if look, all this is a load of crap that a bunch of bureaucrats or a bunch of people are trying to put obstacles in our path. So to avoid those obstacles. You don't ask the questions that you don't want people to know the answer to. You don't want that information hanging around so that someone can go to someone higher up with this bit of paper in their hand and say, you know, I've got, I've got um, concerns and on top of that, here are the concerns of other people. And it gives, but it gives lie to this idea that Dank was a rogue element. It, it really, what, it, what it really says is, you know what, we knew exactly what we were getting when we got him into the football club. And, mm, and that's that why we respect, didn't want to ask those attitude, questions. That's right. That attitude is far more damning than than uh, than, than any some of the other evidence put put uh-huh. across. But yeah, you know, it's a whole risk. It's it's in terms of risk management, it's an absolute disaster. They've put very young men at, at grave risk in potentially, and um, it, it's an enormous shame for those young men. Mm. Anything else you guys want to talk about very quickly before we wrap this up? I'm good. Jamie, come on. No, I'm fine. I think there'll be plenty more to come out. I actually, and I say that with no... Re- well, I do say it with some... some murder, yeah, don't shit anyone I, here. I think we're... <laughs> seriously, I think we're into year one. We're not even finished year yep. one of what will be a multi-year saga. And it's only the involvement of the AFL, I believe, that brought it to the head it's at today. I think Asada and Wada would have been happy to sit and wait until they had all the evidence. I think from today's report, they're going to hand out player infractions. Looks like that to me from the timers and stuff. Yep. I I think they're going to hand out player infractions. They let Lance Armstrong drink. They let Lance Armstrong win two or three Tours de France while they were investigating him before they nailed him. They, They don't give a stuff about the finals. They don't give a stuff about TV rights deals. 
they would have waited until the middle of next year, the year after, and then banned players for things that happened in 2012. It's only the AFL involvement that's brought it to a head today. And I think we're, we're, we're not even at the start of this. There's so much more of this yeah. horrendous saga for Essendon to go, and it's going to get really ugly. Okay. I, want... I, I, I think one more thing. I, I tend to think somebody's going to tap James Hurd on the shoulder. I think you give it a couple of weeks and the cold light of day and and a bit more pressure, and I think somebody he respects will come in and say, no, you need to you need to give this up. If it wasn't yeah. David Evans, who? Yeah, I don't see anyone doing it if Evans couldn't make him do it. I even no. wonder whether Kevin Sheedy will do it. I don't see Sheed's been able to make him do anything either. I, I, don't th- I think Thompson? he's too far gone. I, th- I think he's too far involved <clears throat> in this now to, to uh, just walk away. Yeah, I, I wonder where James Hurd goes from here. I really do. All right, I want to I want to leave that part of it there, and I just want to focus very quickly on the one part that we haven't really talked about yet, and that's uh, the AFL Players Association statement that they made um, at the very end uh, of the day today. Um, and Matt Finnis was absolutely definite uh, in some of his statements where he said, and if I can find it, this must never happen again. My overwhelming reaction to this is simple. This must never happen again. This is simply too important to get lost amidst the legal manoeuvres surrounding the issue. This cannot be about taking sides or drawing battle lines. We cannot, as an industry, look the players in the eye unless we do everything in our power to ensure that no player is put in such a position. I want to make it very clear, for the Players Association, this has never been limited to the specific status of a substance such as AOD 9604 under the wider code. This is much broader. The health and welfare of players is something that cannot and must not be compromised in any way. I'm asking all of our industry to do whatever needs to be done to ensure this never happens in our sport again. It is my job to ensure everybody continues to focus on the well-being and safety of the players. I will continue to do that. And he also went on to say that the AFL had every right to do this under its own obligations. So, the AFL Players Association, very strong on the player side of things, as they were always going to be at the end of this any thoughts before we wrap this up, guys? Well, they're against Essendon there, but uh, if if infractions are handed down, then they'll flip flop and then they'll go the other way. Um, I, I don't. I agree with what they say. What he's what he's saying about the players' health, but oh gee, you know, that players receive a lot of education, and I'm just amazed that what, what were there 38 people on this list? Uh, a list of people of players who received some sort of a substance that was questionable, and and nobody thought to make a call themselves or you know check it out before it was injected into their body i just you know afl fitness won't like the players getting infractions but there's got to be some level well of they're not going to take there. it out against the afl though if that happens that's going to go completely against essendon that they're not going to hold but they're going to be in the, no, they're going to be in, in the corner fighting. In they'll try they'll try and fight against essendon players receiving infractions exactly. but exactly. you know should the infractions um be upheld then, of course, then they'll turn their sights back on Essendon. There's almost no chance of an infraction. I, I don't think we should be using the term Essendon here. I, I don't know about you, gentlemen, but I'm a member of my union, the mighty MEAA, and we'll shut this state down if we need to, and nobody will read a word again. But um, this, this isn't about Essendon. It's about a football club. And what the AFL Players Union are saying is that an employer as a football club 
have behaved in a reprehensible fashion, they believe, according to the charges laid today. If, if we keep saying Essendon, it, it buys into the idea that Essendon are being victimised here. And I think when you see the players' representatives here, it just shows you, no, they're not. They would say that about any club. If it was any club who'd engaged in this, and I think we need to, to bring it back a bit and realise that, that any club did this, the AFLPA would be after them because it's breaking the rules. It, it's not on. Oh, yeah, prosecute. I'll give you the last word, Matt. It's your club. How how you feel uh, at the end of the day? Well, I don't. Because he just well, died. What do, you, what, what do you really want me to talk about? <laughs> I don't know, man. Just how, how do you see, how do you see this look, panning out for your club? For you, I would see you all in hell. <laughs> are you are you happy you woke up from your nap today? <laughs> would you like some of my oh, well, bourbon? I've woken up in better circumstances. Um, but so uh, in I, any mate, case, so have I. <laughs> But in any case, um, I guess I'll leave on a bit of a, an, a, I guess an editorial note. But um, I just want to address um, Essendon supporters and all that sort of stuff who like to throw their blind faith in um, social media figures or people on forums and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the moderator Jab on our board made a good point where obviously in times of crisis people look towards a leader, and in the social media world um, that is the internet these days, that uh, there's a few that have stood up and tried to be this leader. Uh, the three I think of in particular is Fogdog, oh. who has is obviously very well noted. Praise a, name. Twi- a Twitter account by the name of The Red Sash, who pretty much just copies and pastes and claims shit is, shit is his own. He's not... He's a... Um, yeah. He's a fraud in the sense of it. And there's a new one called Cerebrus, who... No one really knows what his deal is and all that sort of stuff. He's kind of just showing up and he's using um, sort of those, uh, what do you call them? Um, so he's saying a lot without saying much, as in the, um, he's very vague. That's the word I wanted. I can't believe I couldn't think of that. Hmm. He's very vague in what he means and all that sort of stuff. And I think I'd, if I was to say anything there, some supporters, is do not put your blind faith in these people. Because it's only going to lead to harm. As, as you're just going to get upset. You're going to get the wrong information. You're going to get your hopes up. And in the end, I guess um, Jamie's mentioned the cult of personality behind James Herr before. If there's a cult of personality, um, it's really starting to happen on Twitter and all that sort of stuff with some people. And for the love of God, um, be realistic about it. And don't just blindly follow people to say, you know, we're going to be in the clear. It's all right. Yeah, just look at it. Don't look at it through rose-coloured glasses. You know, we are in trouble. How much trouble, you know, remains to be seen, but don't be blind to the fact that this just, you know, this isn't happening in a sense and that these charges are just cooked up because they're not. There's a hell of a lot of smoke and there is a fire there. Okay. Thanks uh, for that, Prosecutor. I want to stress at the same time that I don't think anyone wants to anyone wanted to see this happen no one wants to see the players hurt no one wants to see a club go no one wants to I see do. I, I, wanna, I, don't, I don't know if I want to see Essendon go permanently if they got suspended for two years over this I wouldn't shed a tear Okay. If, I don't, I don't I, want them to go permanently but don't underestimate the level of hatred that there is out there for them and I think people are understanding why now we're, we're Carlton supporters here, most of us mate. we, uh, we know Yeah. Um, you're only rookies in Essendon hate you're yeah, just wee yeah. babies in it 
All right. Anyway, thanks for the interruption. Look, other than him, <laughs> and he doesn't represent all Not of just us. Me. I, must, I must stress, Jamie isn't representing the rest of us. But look, no one wanted to see this happen. No one wanted to see it get this far. No one wants to see it get any further. We want this over. We want it all to come out. We want it all to come out properly. Essendon people have every right to defend their club. Every that James Hurd has every right to defend himself, and Essendon people are entitled to defend James Hurd. And I can't stress this enough. They are entitled to a defence. And until it's all said and done, they can keep defending. I, 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 you can't deny them that. Guys like Prosecutor are doing a manful job fighting it out against people like us week after mm-hmm. week after mm-hmm. week and putting up with the slings and arrows and they're entitled to keep fighting. And Yeah, and I'll just, if I could add to that as well, to any Essendon supporters who actually have listened to this, and if you have got to this point, I commend you and I don't know how you've done it, but um, I guess just also keep on, su- you know, support the club. Don't support the individuals. I mean, stand by them as much as possible. And I mean, if you want to take stand by her to mean literally standing by her and, you know, not wanting him sacked. Yeah, like literally I... go to his house and stand <laughs> next to him. Like in his kitchen exactly. Follow in the example yeah. of the media. You know, if you don't know where his house is by now, then... Yeah. Yeah. But in any case... Yeah. Um... That's actually a really good point. That's a really good point. The media have been Guys, horrendous in the way they have broken James Hurd's privacy there. That is contravention of every media guideline. But anyway. anyway. But in any case, by that, I mean, um, you know, Hurd may go, Little might end up going, Thompson may go, but the club, the Essendon Football Club will remain, and hopefully... No, it will. But um, stand, just you know, stand with the club and keep supporting it. And if anything, use this as a chance to rebuild. Yeah. All right, because it's still, um, if it's still the club of Dick Reynolds and all these other heroes that have come before. These guys are but a passing phase in your history. So, you know, the, the individuals are never big, bigger than the institutions. So, absolutely, exactly. Uh, be part of the solution. Guys, yep. you know, you can never forget that this club bought us guys like John Coleman, Simon Madden. Nicholas other, Comer. Other guys who I can't remember. <laughs> Very young. <laughs> Look, there's a whole stack. Very young. Greats of the yes. game. Michael Quinn. Jason Michael Window Licker. <laughs> anyway. Guys, thank you very much. This has been our... Oh, the outpouring of sympathy for us. This has been our, uh, our our extra presentation for the evening. If you've got this far, like Prosecutor said, I do commend you because it's full of ranting. <laughs> And, uh, longer than the real one. <laughs> and much longer than the normal uh, podcast has been, but we did this for a reason. Um, thank you very much, guys, for sticking around. Thank you for the guys that participated in the podcast tonight. And uh, thanks, Prosecutor, for sticking around through all the uh, fun, as it were. Cheers, mate. Love your work, Prosecutor. And uh, I, just before, as Good we work, go, Prosecutor. I'd like to say a special shout-out to Fog Dog, who um, <laughs> told Matt Thompson on Twitter last night that uh, he hoped he got... Uh, was it last night or a couple of nights ago that he hoped uh, Matt Thompson got pneumonia and died? It was out of context. Don't ambush him. It was out of context. It was out at Windy Hill, apparently, and was complaining about the cold and wet, and he told him that he hoped he got pneumonia and died. And then Matt Thompson. And then asked if Caro was there. So um, apparently he's got something of a crusade against Tarot and her lies. Anyway, yes. good night all. <laughs> good night. And. Uh...